Good afternoon, everybody. Once again, you are watching a Take Action broadcast along with my co-host, Doug McKenty from The Shift out of California. Hey, we are honored to have uh, Dr. William Horton with us this afternoon. What you guys are going to hear today is going to blow your mind. And a lot of you asked me about waking people up. This is as close as you're going to get to figuring out what that recipe could look like. Uh, today with uh, Dr. Horton, who is a, psych a psychologist. He's also a certified alcohol and drug counselor, and he is considered by many to be one of the world's most superior leading neuro-linguistic programming experts and trainers on the planet. So with that, I'm going to tell you, we already, we just talked a little bit backstage, uh, Doug and I, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I'm already feeling like I'm under William Spell. So let's get going. William, welcome to Take Action Canada. Glad to be here. I love this, uh, talking about this topic. Yeah. yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, for those of you who are watching, you may be familiar with the other program that George and I do, the Psychology of Lockdown series. And what we've been doing with that series is we've been taking family systems therapy as outlined by psychoanalyst John Bradshaw. We've been discussing the characteristics of mystification now we're getting into the rules of dysfunction. Um, but uh, Dr. Horton is with us today to describe, and uh, we'll, we can talk a little bit about the psychology, but he's more in the actual brainwashing part of it, I think, the neuro-linguistic programming uh, and the hypnosis, the hypnotic aspect of a lot of the, of the mainstream media that we're getting. So we are getting into the real meat of what's going on with so many people who can't think critically when we are trying to have arguments to say, hey, you know, I think my argument is rational. You don't have to agree with me, but let's have a debate. Let's have a conversation about why I maybe am skeptical of the vaccines or why I think maybe the lockdowns are more harmful than good. And you're just getting the blank stares. You're getting people that can't look at your primary source material or don't even pay attention. They just say, you're crazy. You're crazy conspiracy theorist. So, or even peer reviewed scientific yeah. document. Oh, I mean, it I think it drives all of us nuts, right? So Dr. Horton, what's, what's your take on all of this? What's going on here? <laughs> well, I think really when you look at it from a distance and I'm surprised uh, it's not really how well it's worked. It's classic like you say, mind control or classic mass hypnosis mm -hmm. 101, right? And it follows some of the rules of hypnosis perfectly because once you get past the critical factors of the mind, you can implant thoughts and things like this. So there's some right. things that they've done uh, either overtly or covertly or just happenstance that it's it just follows the what one the, the first thing to look at would be in, in hypnosis, it's called fractionalization, right? Where you, you put somebody in trance, you bring them out, you put somebody in trance, you bring them out. Each time you go in, you go in slightly deeper. It's just the way your brain huh. works, right? Yeah. A guy named Dave Elman discovered that years ago. And now there's the, the in the hypnosis and the NLP world and psychology, we've known it for years, but we didn't have really the science to back it up. Now we got the science to back it up. And this is what happened. So, and so if you look at it, it's, it's that classic drip, drip, drip of information, right? Right. But the, what, what was brilliant about the way it happened is when you activate somebody's fear mechanism, mm. right? That's the deepest part of your brain. It's called the reptilian brain, right? Uh, you know, you have your, your, your higher, higher social primate brain, your primate brain, and your reptilian brain. When you access the reptilian brain or the lower primate brain and you put people in a fear response, 
they, they either shut down or run away. But two things happen. First, they scare us to death with this unseen enemy, which makes it scary. Right. It's an unseen enemy that's going to kill you, and you really can't fight back. So, you know, you're going to die, and you're going to die horribly, and they show people <laughs> with ventilators and all this, right? And People falling so down like, in the streets in China, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, oh, my God, this is going on. And then, you know, they, they keep reinforcing that fear, and so usually people would run away and run to things that would comfort them, whatever that might be. Right. But guess what? That stuff was shut down. You couldn't run away. You couldn't go to the bar and have a drink. You couldn't run to Starbucks and have a coffee and right. chat with your friends. You're and isolated. And get some critical thinking going on, like, what's wrong with this picture? You know, here's uh, an unnamed doctor in Washington saying, you got to wear a mask, you got to do this, you got to do this. By the way, here's a video of me at the Washington Capital, not Capital, Washington Nationals baseball game without a, without a mask next to people. Right. Right? Well, whoa, 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 what's going on here, right? And, and so it's like, right? And so it was like, it was constant, right? And then, yeah. and then you get a little bit of a reprieve. And remember, we could remember when it started 14 days to clear it or whatever it was, 14 days and we'll be out right. of this, you know, just a couple weeks, just a couple weeks. And it's, it's, we get close to the goalpost and then they'd move the goalpost and another level of fear another level of fear yeah and the only thing that sort of surprised me to be honest is it that how long it's went on and i thought people would would kind of like start snapping out of it but it part of i think you guys are into the social you know the family systems thing people weren't able to connect with their friends and family i mean one-on-one -on -one, just sitting there talking you know and really saying does this make sense does this make sense right and so we didn't have that basic thing and so it got deeper and deeper and but we're seeing some cracks in their armor i guess because uh like now they're oh my god kids are dying oh my god it's kids it's kids yeah. right yes. and yeah. you know but now even people i know that were kind of like ah now they're like i'm tired of this i'm just tired of it and sure. I well it's kind of been an incircumensible process of unfolding to this uh, this current state of affairs. So they kept taking the carrot, taking the carrot, biting the carrot, take the carrot once more. They doubled down. Yeah, guys, we got close last time. Uh, yeah. This time, this time, if we just got to go that extra mile. Okay? Right, we'll just guys, lock well, down harder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I yeah. mean, I mean, 16 pharmaceutical remedies have been instituted to do this, according to Lieutenant Colonel David Redman, who wrote the EMO for Canada, stationed in 19 countries. Folks, check that video out. You're going to want to know what he has to say. The guy that wrote the emergency management operations for our country has been ignored. And here we are with 16 of these pharmaceutical remedies that we don't need because we aren't in a state of emergency. But you all bought into it because of your false evidence appearing real well yeah and then and and now like i just saw they finally one of the news stations actually admitted or they had an article it's like wow about a third or so of of americans maybe it's not that high but a whole bunch of americans are on some kind of pharmaceutical that lowers your immune system yeah right and so rather than look at that and maybe that's one of the reasons things going on no 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 this is why we need an update on the vaccine. <laughs> right? And it's like, 
and like you say, and then people are, and some people are starting to question. It's like, well, you guys, the the one in you know George in Canada, you guys have some some sand some basically more sane healthcare than we got in America. But here in America, really? well, <laughs> at least a little bit. But here it's like we, we might have a little while ago. <laughs> yeah, now it's crazy. Yeah. But still, here in America, even one of my friends who is like really buying into it goes, "I've never seen them give away this much." stuff right before it doesn't make sense like you don't have to pay for this vaccine you know, I know. But you gotta pay for everything out and i'm just like so if health matters one of my arguments to start waking people up if health mattered to the united states the united states government why isn't insulin free to my diabetic friends totally and totally. it's dirt cheap it costs pennies to give a guy insulin yeah. for a day yeah you know, but it's like fast. It's deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. Well, you know, people just don't seem to be doing the math. There's so much arithmetic in front of us right now. I mean, if you don't see what's going on right now, uh, you got to be living under a rock. It's well, so clear. And one of the things that I think that like that started to push the envelope was I live here in beautiful Florida, right? Yeah. And Florida's been pretty open since last summer, mm -hmm. okay? Almost all open, but it's it's really open. And so is like Texas, uh, Georgia, uh, Arizona. Those states are pretty open. The virus doesn't make it to those places. Yeah, but what happened was the snowbirds from Canada, New York, the, the Midwest, they came down like they come every year to Florida, you know, whether for a few months or a few weeks. And they're walking around going, seeing people without masks. They're seeing people doing this. You know, things are open. You can go to Disneyland. You can do other things. Movies were open. And then they go back to New York, uh, you know, Minnesota or Canada. And all of a sudden it's like, no, this is going to kill you. And you're like, I was <laughs> yeah. in Florida. And, well, tell and me they're about not it. as, as, in fact, our infection rate was lower than every, you know. Yeah. With, well, a, with I, a higher I, elderly population, too. Yeah. I mean, you have more at-risk people in Florida. I, I want to get back to the concept of the trauma-based mind control. I mean, one of the things that uh, George and I talk about this a lot on, on the other show, but, um, you know, the first thing that comes to mind and the first big red flag for me was calling this a novel coronavirus and then telling everyone that we had no immunity whatsoever to it. Of course, later on down the line, as science learns more, you know, you find out, well, yeah, actually, if you'd had a cold in the past, you have partial immunity, just like when you have a flu in the past, you have partial immunity to the new flu bug that's coming around this year. Uh, but of course, that that doesn't get played out in the mainstream media. They don't tell people when that peer-reviewed scientific paper comes out. They only talk about novel coronavirus, and then they talk about it over and over and over and over again until everybody just assumes that it's true. Um, so I, I guess I have two questions for you. One is about the repetition in terms of the neuro-linguistic programming. And then the other one, like you were talking about, we, we're not going, we're not socializing, we're in lockdown. A lot of people are sitting around watching TV. So what's the effect of just actually watching that TV screen on our subconscious mind? Isn't, isn't the TV itself hypnotic? I mean, doesn't oh, yeah. it put us into a trance, right? We're watching oh, the news and it's already putting us into that brain state to just accept that what they say is the truth. Well, that's how you stop spreading Corona is you turn off the TV, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I, I think that's actually really true. Yeah, and, it, and hypnosis is called compounding suggestions. You do one suggestion, 
And then a little okay. while you do the same suggestion, but it goes in a little deeper because you heard it before. Your brain searches like, oh, yeah, I heard that. Oh, yeah. It's I like driving that. a nail into the woods. You're hammering. Yeah. You just keep hammering. Oh, it. yeah, I heard that. So it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And, you know, when you mention the TV, people forget for most of humanity, all information was passed by stories. Right. The written word is only 25,000 years old, give or take, maybe 30 when, you know, it's it's new. 500. Yeah. Right. So the. The fact that, you know, we always got our information by stories. So your brain was set up to learn by stories, right? When, you know, you'd sit around a campfire um, and, you know, the, the shaman or the chief would say, this is how we kill a bear. This is how we fight a war. And if you could not pick it up in story form, your gene pool died out, right? Because <laughs> right. the next day you got ate by the bear or you died in combat. So that <laughs> gene pool. So those of us that survived, we learn by stories. Well, we don't sit around a campfire. At the end of the day, right, we sit around the television, which is like a campfire. So you mm -hmm. automatically go into trance. Plus, we have a tendency, we, as the lights go down, what happens in your brain, as, as the lights go down, your serotonin begins to turn into melatonin. You get droopy and drowsy. It's, a, it's hypnogogic, as they call it. So you're uh -huh. more open to suggestion, right? Because how many of us have, like, been like in a like a good mood and you're sitting there and you're kind of watching tv and you watch a movie you go oh this is really good and then you know it comes on again a little while later and you look at it and you go that's one stupid freaking movie now you're looking at it when you're wide awake you weren't you know in that hypnogogic state like and so when you're sitting around and it's you know it it's the repetitive thing and we do because it's also in your genetic pool to defer to leaders and experts, especially mm -hmm. when you're scared. That is what we do, right? Uh, even leaders defer to other leaders. That's just, it's in your gene pool, right? Yep. And yeah. so by nature, these people on TV with the ties and their, you know, and the nice things and, you know, and the, the government or whatever saying that we should listen to these people, people want to defer to it. And even though, like you say, and then what happens uh, and it's something we mentioned before we started, it's like once it sets in, once it gets in your head, you it's it's easier to, to get somebody convinced than it is to change their mind. Absolutely. Yeah. I've heard that after two months of like constant barrage of fear messaging, it's almost impossible to change someone after that. Like once they're scared for that length of time, then it's really challenging to, to break them out of that conditioning. Um, and as you say, where do they run to when they're scared? They run to the authority figures. So then Dr. Fauci and, and the guys in the suit and the tie on the news shows become the people that they just listen to and they don't, and they're not thinking critically because they're in that state of fear. They're triggered into that, into that place where they're not using those critical thinking well, faculties. That's, that's, it's so frustrating. It's a fantasy of a rescuer. They want to be rescued. This is the, the relying on their government to, to save the day. Yeah, and, not and like you say, when you point out like, oh, you know, you're, we got to trust these people. And, and I just had this talk with somebody and they're like, yeah, and, and they and I got the crack open just enough. They go, but if this is all a big lie, there'll be big investigations. There'll be all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I went, I remember, yeah, like in 2004 with weapons of mass destruction, where we right. led the world on it and we've killed like two million Iraqis. And they found nothing. Yeah, well, and then there. the minute they admitted there were nothing, radio silence. 
Yeah, that's what's so amazing is that we we've been lied to. I mean, these companies right now, Johnson and Johnson has literally paid out billions of dollars in fine for criminal negligence, criminal level negligence in terms of convincing people to take deadly drugs that they knew were deadly and then covering it up. <laughs> and yeah. yet now, like, oh, they, they told me Johnson Johnson says the vaccine's totally safe, so we're good to go, right? I mean, like, how can you continue, as you say, I mean, the Iraq War, the weapons of mass destruction, we could argue, we talk about 9-11. I mean, lots of other instances where the mainstream has said one thing, find out a year or two later that's clearly not true, uh, and then yet still people believe them. The next news cycle comes up. Oh, it must be true. They're saying it on CNN. Crazy. Well, yeah, and and it gets it, it each it it gets a little deeper and a little deeper. And then again, um, when you point out the 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 inconsistencies, and then of course with social media, it's created another nightmare. And yeah. I love when people put up these false comparisons. Right, that's it's, right where they'll say like, "Yeah, but you'll eat a hot dog." Or a, re a food at a restaurant that you don't know what's in it. Why won't you take the vaccine? And, right. so, and then you're like, huh, at huh, first huh. it sounds good, but then you say, because if Hormel's hot dog poisons my butt, I can sue Hormel. Yeah, right. And, and here in the States, it's state and federal court or in Canada. But the vaccines are, they have total immunity. Well, they're not vaccines to begin with. They're mRNA, uh, uh, mRNA, uh -huh. and gene they're therapy. therapeutics. They're gene therapy. Uh, Dr. David Martin has already made it very clear on several different interviews, as many of his colleagues have. We just finished dealing with Tanpenny and uh, Carrie uh, Made uh, in our last show. We know that they're calling it vaccines to simply circumvent the liability that would be placed upon them were they to call it anything else. Mm -hmm. So really, it's a little game that they're playing. But I mean, you know, once people begin to stand up and decide to hold these people accountable, I don't believe this is happening to us. I, people, I believe people are letting it happen to them and that they've got to be willing to stand in the way. And we need more people to do that. It's happening now. You talked about that silent hum. We're starting to see that now. There's a lot less, you know, attacking going on. In social media i think people are at a point now where they can't explain anymore what they once were defining you know people like uh, like us as being tinfoil hatters or you drank the kool-aid or whatever all this projection projection mm -hmm. going on right and I, love, and I always point out like the same uh, people in the cdc that happen to still be there after 40 years which makes no sense to me None. but then they're pointing out i go i remember when that unnamed person made the comment that um, it was about 86, 87, which was every person in the United States will have a friend or relative die from HIV. Whoa. Right. That's, that's right. why it's so dangerous. We've got to do this and we've got to do that. And then it's like, that's why we need. And then it just kind of, and it's still there and it still kills people, but it's like, and then some of the people, even back then, that's when I got involved in social services was I was an AIDS educator as an alcohol drug counselor. And it's like, this makes no sense. You know, you're sitting there going, what you're saying makes no sense. You know, there's a gay couple, gay male couple that way before safe sex, nobody had no, any idea what safe sex is, right? <laughs> Where one guy is HIV positive and gets sick and the other, and they've been together for years, is healthy. Why aren't right. we looking at the healthy guy? 
Yeah. No, 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 no. We've got to do this and we've got to do that. It's right? a distraction. And, you got to get distracted. Yes. And it only got better when the gay community took it over and said, screw you guys. We're going to do this ourselves. Yeah. Because their first response to HIV was, I forget the AZT. AZT, right. Which was a failed cancer drug that in its thing says, this will destroy your immune system. Sounds Who put like that drug out? Who put that drug out? AZT. Uh, I th AstraZeneca, I think. I don't know. Is that right? Was, I don't remember. I think but, you're right. And you guess, look at the problems we're having in Canada right now with AstraZeneca. Yeah, they banned so, it. So and, they put the, all these guys. And when I was in that field, everybody, I, uh, the people I work with coming out of the jails, when they got on AZT, they died. Right. That's what I've heard that story. They're using the same bad actors over and over it and isn't, over. Isn't it amazing? And you know, and with, with coronavirus, remdesivir is the same story. It was an old, it was an old chemo drug on the shelf that wasn't working for anything. And then they were like, oh, but you know, hey, I think it'll work for coronavirus. And now they're making billions of dollars selling it, even though the, the peer-reviewed studies for it showed almost no benefit for using it as an antiviral, except for maybe reduced hospitalization stays. Uh, and so it's just, uh, it's so reminiscent of the AZT thing, just like you're talking about with the weapons of mass destruction, we're just repeating the same cycle over and over again. It's like an abusive, traumatizing cycle from these authority figures that are taking advantage of the fact that what we've got a, a hypnotized population that are just putting up with this garbage. Yeah. And then, um, and the, the hard part about waking people up is then they have to admit they're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's that they, exactly. were, they were, they were mis, and I always tell people, you weren't wrong. You were misinformed. There's a difference. You mislearned some information. That's right. Remember we, we said that Doug, that people were ashamed to admit they feel inadequate and stupid. It's like, what is the risk of just simply saying, I got it wrong. Yeah. And move, and move on and learn from it. The, uh, the a lot of shame. There's a lot of right. Work, We've been talking right? about perfectionism and how people can't admit that they made a mistake, and it's a dysfunctional uh, characteristic. And we've got to let it go, people. You learn by making mistakes. So cherish yeah, the mistake. Yeah, it's like you know, the way learn. your brain works. To me, is fascinating. It's like if we took a test of, and, and you got your 100 questions, and you got the test back, and it said plus 97, you have one response. Right. If you got the test back, it said minus three. It's a totally different response. Mm -hmm. Exact same numbers. Exactly. Which one do you push? And that's what they're doing here. It's like, well, they're we'll push this. We'll push this. Right. The way There's they the, 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 the way they in interpret the statistics are frightening. Again, going back to that fear based, uh, that trauma based mind control. And so they push the statistics. I always think of that book, How to Lie with Statistics. They twist the numbers and they say it in the most frightening way to say it instead of instead of uh, assuaging our fears, saying, wait a minute, let's take a step back. Let's, you know, let's, uh, let's look at these statistics in a positive light and, and then make our decisions, you know, weighing both sides of the argument. That's, that's, yeah, a, I mean, that's again, and then again, using the psychological terms, yeah. I see these red flags all over the place, right? It's like a red flag when all yeah. they're doing is scaring the crap you're, out of us, you're, even you're, when you can interpret the numbers differently. The problem, Doug, is that you're just, Far too rational. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> Making too much sense. These are. They, I they mean, go to me. Yeah, you're, you're, you're like, yeah, you're this conspiracy theory. I go. These are the same guys that in the '60s and '70s told young people, if you smoke a joint today, you'll be turning tricks on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. You know.
These distortions are very common. I mean, I got whole families fighting. And, and, and hey, folks, to you shameless people out there, hang on for one moment. If you've been for the past few months telling, you know, your friends and neighbors that they drank the Kool-Aid and stuff, and now you're realizing what's really going on, don't blame yourself. Get out of your way. Accept the fact that you made some mistakes and move on. Stop fighting with your family members about this. Mm -hmm. You made an error. No big deal. You can rejoin the human race. And own your mistakes. Yeah. yeah. But it's hard. Yeah. I mean, there was a, you know, in, 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 in the self-help world, they used to, there was a study that everybody quoted it for years, you know, that they did this study at this Eastern University where they took the kids in school and they gave them a <laughs> test and the 3% that had written goals were like more successful than the other 97%. And then, you know, they had these numbers, right? Yeah. And, I mean, Zig Ziglar, all these motivational speakers use them. Zig right? Ziglar, yeah. And I used it, right? I, I used it. I said, cool study. Write your goals down. People with written goals or even the ones with a general goal did better than everybody. Fabulous. Mm -hmm. Study never happened. Oh, wow. <laughs> study never happened, right? They looked for it. They had, the guy was writing his, P, his dissertation on it. So funny. Nobody did it, right? So they went back to the earliest person they could find that used that study, and it was Zig Ziglar. Yeah. Right? And he went, and they go, so the study never happened. He goes, hmm, yeah, but it helped a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it got people to write their goals, and then they did a follow-up study, and it was kind of true that if you write your goals down, you're much more successful, da 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 da, -da. But it's like it, people don't – and I when, when that came out and you start – Trying to point that out, people want to go, that's not true. That study happened. You're like, no, it didn't. I mean, yeah. and there's all these other evidence, like in the hypnosis world, they always said, you know, only 7% of your the communication is verbal. It's like 55% this, whatever the numbers were, right? And people like locked onto it. And so I did too. I will admit it, right? I locked on. Then I went to find out the guy that came up with it goes, that's not what I meant. <laughs> words matter. I mean, yeah, and because and, exactly. and, if words don't matter, you know, with uh, Martin Luther King speeches or JFK speeches, the words work, right? But it sounded good. and and But people don't want to admit they're wrong, right? Yeah, and well, that's what we're seeing in the – and, of course, that's just us, that people that are living. Think about the people that have staked their reputations on this. Yes, so, and, and right. this is it. And I've sure. said to people many times, you know, when people have asked me, I used to do a lot of family system seminars, and, and, and people say to me, how do you know if, if you know, if somebody's balanced to normal? I would say, it, it, you apply a simple definition, that mental health is the acceptance of reality at every cost, and mental illness being the denial of reality at any cost. And I'm seeing that going on today. People are losing their marriages, their jobs, so many valuable things because fear is such a demon to people's behaviors. Yeah. The things that they use to respond. Now, listen, I want to switch gears very quickly here because Dr. William, you are the founder of the F I'm sorry, NF NLP, the national federation of neurolinguistic programming and the creator of several best-selling home study courses on NLP hypnosis, a prolific writer you are claimed to be, and your articles on NLP and hypnosis are regularly featured in the Journal of Hypnotism, the country's largest hypnosis publication. So you got a whole bunch of information that we haven't gotten to yet that we got to get to because we got people who now believe 
that I don't want to be the only one not wearing a mask. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and it, it's it's virtue shaming, man. Virtue shaming is fascinating. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. like where I can relate. I'm old, right? I can relate where when I was a little kid and all the guys that dodged the draft because they didn't want to go to Vietnam because they didn't want to die. That was it. They didn't want to die in an unpopular yeah. war. But suddenly right. it became virtuous to not go. And those that went, huh. you're a loser, you're a baby killer, you're this, you're that, that. Right? <laughs> And it's like they flipped it because it made my fear a virtue. I'm more enlightened than you. That's why I won't do it. And that's what they did with the mask. It was like, oh, don't you care about other people? Don't yeah. you care about grandma? You know, don't you care? Whatever they would come up with. And you're like, and they present an argument that it's almost like one of those, once you're in it, how do you get out of it? Right? It's like, yes, I care about people. Blame and shame. Blame and yeah, shame them. Like, just, you know. That's yeah. just it. The shame, the shame is such a characteristic of a dysfunctional society, culture, family system. I mean, once you're getting into that blame, shame game, and then when you see that in this, like, I, I call it the, the false system of virtue. Because to me, real virtue is standing up for the little guy against the mob. Like, what, you know, yeah, huh. when, the, when the mob is trying to say, everybody's got to do this, everybody's got to do this, you know, the authority oh, yeah, figure told us, then, you know, standing up and saying, hey, every individuals have the right to do their own thing you know make their own choices this is a free world that's virtue oh yeah but, and, they, uh, and they and they they'll flip it and just destroy people yeah. you know and it's it, it and it's hard to wake those people up because like you say once it gets in now i'm virtuous see i'm not afraid i have virtue. right i care about other people you don't care about other people i thought you were this and I thought you were that. And if you make the logical argument, I'm all for everything you're talking about, helping people, saving this. But also, if you destroy this guy's job, so he's going to end up losing his house, losing his family. He's got here in America. You got no health care now. Okay. Good luck. See ya. Put yeah. Mask on, <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. And right. So, yeah, yeah. it's like fascinating how, how much damage will you will you uh you know create will you put forth onto onto your fellow community members in the name of doing something virtuous i mean it's you know it's just amazing like people will continue to push and push and push this narrative despite the clear and present danger and damage that they're causing and pretend like what they're doing they're doing it for the good of the community we're all doing this for the good of the community well, as we're watching the businesses go under and the homelessness rise you know well and then and, and and we had all these people that again social media really fed it. it's like oh yes let's keep the movies closed let's keep the restaurants closed let's keep the gyms closed we got to keep people safe and you start talking to them they never went to the movies they rarely ate out and they never went to a gym they got no skin in the game yeah when they shut the churches down there'll be a mass uproar no they won't because the real numbers of people that go to church are like 18 percent it's yeah. low. Yeah. Everybody here in America, especially in red states, will say, yes, I'm a church. You may be a member of a church. When was the last time your ass set foot in a church? Well, I got to tell you, I, I was surprised about that. I thought when they shut the churches down, there would be a big backlash. And 
I mean, next to nothing. It was not a lot of people a reason not to go to church. Right. Yeah, especially in the fall when there's football on. Honey, I would oh. go, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> let's turn oh, on the Packer crazy. game, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's dive in a little bit more into this, into the nature of the subconscious. Because once this stuff gets settled into your subconscious mind, I think that's where it's so hard to change. I mean, we've all, I mean, we've had seen addicts well, it's, in our it's, lives. We've had issues and like, what, what's going on where it's so intractable well it's programmatic and systematic isn't it mm -hmm. yeah that's why it's called like a program when they program it's it's got to be repetition it's got to be relentless it's got to be this just like mass yeah. marketing you know yeah I mean, they didn't say you know you deserve a break today those old people can remember that <laughs> you deserve a break today once it, it bombarded you hundreds of times a day Right. right, and it switched modalities. So you'd be in the car, be on the radio, be on TV. Exactly, be the totally. billboards. That was it, and that's what's happened here. Right, it's every modality: it's TV, radio, now the internet, and it's just, and it gets, you know, and people, like you said, we're always looking for a savior. We want people to help us, and we do want to believe that authority figures have our best interest at heart. Yeah, you know, we want to believe delusion. That. It's delusion, delusion. It's really challenging for people. Even the evidence of corruption in in the government systems and the bureaucracy is so overwhelming, and yet people refuse to see it. You know, it's yeah. like no, no. You know, oh, they understand. Well, the corporations are just out for profit. Well, but it, fortunately, it, we have the government bureaucracy, which tempers that and makes it all good. It's like, well, except it doesn't. Well, the, you know, the prince. The prince has no clothes. You see, exactly. the prince has no clothes. Well, and, you know. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the everyone's like fancy what he's wearing, and the little two year old comes up and goes, "Look, mommy, he's naked." Yeah, it was a few years ago. Tony Robbins got raked over to Coles, my dear friend Tony, because what he said was, "You got to be your own doctor, and you better be your own lawyer." Yeah, right. You hire them, but you check what they're doing. Right. Yeah, well, go, I oh, I love it. No, you're you're you know question the doctor. Right. Yeah. And if you're and, and I always believe like if your doctor is is nervous about you saying I want a second opinion, it's because he sucks as a doctor. Right. Uh, and, yeah, exactly. you know, it's like, it, it, yeah, yeah. It, it, and same with lawyers, same with accountants. When you look at the people always get in trouble. And I, I'm guilty of this, I guess, too. It's like, uh, do you check the checkers work? I mean, how many athletes have we heard make three hundred million dollars and then they're broke? It's because their accountant stole all their money. And then you always ask, did you check your accountant? Yeah. 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 Oh, and you watch the smart guys that retire billionaires, right? They're yeah. like, well, I had the accountant. I had an accountant check the accountant. And I had a lawyer that was an accountant check all their work. <laughs> that's, right. called a trip, that's called a triple check. Well, yeah. and this this is hugely important because <laughs> we have to ask ourselves, why do they push this narrative of you know, trust the experts, the consensus of experts, the experts say this. It's like, look, we all are human individuals. We all have the capacity to critically think. And so when I think about an expert, I use expert opinion to help me form my own opinion. And I, and I look at experts from both sides. I listen to Dr. Fauci, and then I listen to Dolores Cahill or, or Carrie Made or Dr. Tenpenny. And I, then I decide based on the expert opinions that I'm listening to. But so that to me is, a, is like, that's what critical thinking is all about. And what we're talking about, this trauma-based 
mind control scares you and then they imprint on you trust the expert trust the expert so you're frightened out of your critical thinking abilities you're in the reptilian brain now and then with through the repetition you're just told to listen to dr fauci over and over and over again listen to the experts the consensus of experts represented by the authority figure not use your own critical thinking not not listen to the opinion of the expert then make your own choice about your health care you know well that's <laughs> and manipulation. That, uh, it's huge yeah it is it's manipulation that's exactly right again another red flag right i mean this to me right. it's classic like narcissistic behavior right? and when you bring up an expert that disagrees rather than say well there's a disagreement yeah no no this guy's a flop he's a he's a yeah he's, he's a, a quack <laughs> yeah you're like it, well, he was the ex-head of the German national healthcare system. Right. I, they didn't fire him. He retired. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Was that guy a quack? Was he a quack again? Yeah, I know. Well, like, <laughs> and, they, and then they won't actually discuss the... I mean, it's a classic uh, straw man uh, argument, right? It's a classic logical fallacy. Ad hominem attacks. You're getting this over and over again. I find the people that are... That are, I mean, I look at it as almost like a cult-like mentality. Like they're they're they cannot deny the reality that they're being fed by the authority, by this hypnotic system, by this mind control, this trauma-based mind control. Uh, and when you bring up a different perspective than what they're telling you is the consensus of science, then they're triggered. Like they get triggered into the critical thinking goes away. And then you start seeing the red flags, like like the the ad hominem attacks, this, the building of the straw man, the logical well, fallacies sure, coming they're, out. They're trying to regain control again. Yeah, yeah, that, George. That and we any, talk about this controlling behavior. This is what it boils down to. Well, I've said many times, you know, control is another illusion, and I, I will continue to believe that you can't control anybody. All you can do is control your response and make sure your own A game is on, is on, is in check. But mm -hmm. what what we find is, and I think Doctor Tenpenny said it well, and so did Doctor Mark McDowell in a previous interview, frontline, uh, frontline psychiatrist, uh, um, where I think he found that uh, people only have left our our uh, uh, character assassination. They don't have knowledge. You can't ask somebody who's a somnambulist what information do they have that's going to, you know, in any way successfully debate what you're telling them because the evidence that they don't is in the attack of you, not of the problem. Well, yeah, and, and you brought up something like you say about how do you wake people up. Well, one of the things it's hard to do is you, you don't do a frontal attack and set off their triggers. Exactly. That's a sure way of not yeah. waking yeah. Now we're at war. You yeah. have to use hypnotic language and hypnotic techniques to get in underneath right. it. Like, you know, right. and some of them are pretty easy. What would yeah. it be like if, and then you make your statement? Wouldn't it be yeah. interesting if, and, and then sometimes you can even use those little cracks like, hmm, you know, most people have changed their minds at different parts of their, their lives. Like when you were a little kid, you believed in Santa Claus. And then one day you found out it wasn't true. You didn't want to go slap your mother and, you know, and beat up people. You're like, okay, yeah. that's just, it's different. So you, you know how to change your mind. And you know what most of us hate when we were a kid? Can you remember when you were a kid, George or Doug? Can you remember this? When maybe a dad or an uncle or a teacher was wrong and would never admit it. Yeah. Shameless. Yes, of course. Absolutely. And, and I don't know <laughs> you, you make it. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy. And then leave yeah. it alone. Yeah. But you, you yeah, make exactly. 
you make such a great point, Dr. Horton, about because I think, you know, even in our culture, we're, we're so trained to have these laws. I know I was, and, I, and I've been learning to, to alter my perspective with a lot of this psychology that I've been learning, because we've been trained to have these debates and use logic to convince people and change people's minds. And when you do that, when you confront someone that's been essentially hypnotized or brainwashed, when you when you say, I've got all these facts and here's my debate and let's do it, that triggers them. That just triggers them more and more into this into the state and they're not going to listen to you and you're not going to change their minds and there has to be it reminds me of this I, I i do i study tai chi and in tai chi they have this saying that softness always overcomes hardness and that's part of the the martial technique and the and the tactic that's used and that's the way we got to deal with this because you can't have these direct confrontations. These logical, rational debates are going to trigger people. You have to use these, these soft tactics. You have to just ask them you know, to question their beliefs. Or like you say, you know, have you ever changed your mind about something? It does happen. There, there are lots of different perspectives in the world. And you know, I appreciate the diversity of all of them. Or you know, come at it from all these different angles. Because attacking I, it is not going to work. And I think you know, it just happened with, with an interaction head with somebody that then what you have to gear yourself up for if you've been like us conspiracy theorist people and everything as people that called you that now start changing their mind they'll deny they ever believed it yeah i, I was I, I deep down i knew it was wrong yeah right? yeah there's well then okay but you want then you want to attack me. Well, no, you thought i should be institutionalized you know yeah, well, you see, <laughs> so you're, funny you're, you're like they almost put you in a double bind because you're damned if you do for confronting them and you're damned if you don't because they knew it all along anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I want to have a conversation, Dr. Horton, about the institutions of mind control because people have such a hard time believing that it's being done purposely. Like, you know, I've, I've read about the Tavistock Institute, for example, where they really study this stuff and then even studying the history of, of, public relations or marketing or which is really just the history of propaganda where clearly, you know, corporations, governments, they've spent billions and billions of dollars learning how to use these techniques. I mean, psychological warfare. I mean, you know, the military is used psychological warfare all the time and people pretend like they're never going to use it on us. They only use it on those other countries, those evil countries, you know, oh, um, divide so, and conquer is as old as dirt. Right. People are still falling for it. Well, I mean, can you can you talk to this? Because these same techniques that you can use actually to heal people, to you know, these self help, these these ways to break through the subconscious uh, self sabotaging conditioning that so many have, that so many people have, um, are also used clearly by governments and corporations to trick us all into following these, uh, you know, scared into this pandemic or that war or whatever it is. Well, yeah, because you know, here, you know, in the states, we've got the. Uh, Central Intel, excuse me, Central Intelligence Agency, Defense Intelligence Agency, Canada has the same things. Right. And this is what they do, and we want them to do that. That's what they do. They figure out like how do how do you, how do you manipulate? How do you do this? Right. And because people always ask me, they'll have a kid, right? And they'll be like going into college, and oh, my son's going to college, my daughter's going to college. They want to study psychology. And I always go like this. I go, well, that lets me know two things. Either A, they think they're crazy and want to know why, <laughs> or B, they want to mess with other people. 
Oh, can you repeat I, that? People, can you repeat that? that said, yeah. Like when young people say, I want to study psychology, I go, okay, it's either because A, you think there's something wrong with you. Yeah. And you think, or you want to screw is, around with people's minds. Yeah. Or you want to screw around with people's <clears> minds. <throat> oh, right. And then I go, if there's something wrong with you, go to therapy. If you, you want to learn how to screw with people's minds, study marketing. Yeah. That's psychology. <laughs> you know, you're going to spend five Well, that's exactly learning. right. That's exactly yeah. 100% right. Because in right. Canada right now, in Canada right now, we've got all kinds of marketing going on. If you got a 12-year-old, you can take him or her down to Nathan Phillips Square, get an ice cream cone, and get the needle, get the jab. You can, we'll give you two days off paid work leave if you get that jab. Show us that yeah. you got that needle. Prove it. Well, yeah. and it's All like this how, incentive marketing going and on And how right marketing, now. and it works, you know, it's like, you know, and they... Uh, they get what something you respect and admire. I mean, that's what you know. Branding is all about. It's like I'll use an older uh, uh, version, but like Tiger Woods when he was at the top of his game, say ten years ago, right? And he was selling Omega watches, right? How many people went and bought an Omega watch? You still can't hit a golf ball five hundred yards. <laughs> right. Damn it! You know, it or I'm going to go wear Air Jordans. You know. I'm a five foot eight and a half white guy. I am not going to dunk a basketball, right? But you're like, yes, I'm going to. And that's what, you know, we're, it, it's so study how they market. And then when you look at like what's going on here and other things, it was more of a marketing campaign than a health advisor. Absolutely. Campaign. Absolutely. I was like, okay, so it's going to. And the number one thing in marketing is make you emotional. That's it. It you was know, done under the guise of health and safety. Yeah. Everything they've done so far is not healthy and safe, though. So, so yeah, that, that that's the hook. That's the hook for people. People yeah, started calling me a science denier, and I was like, where is this coming from? And, I, you know, all I do, I mean, a, a part of my research certainly is reading a lot of peer-reviewed studies about the science when I'm doing interviews with scientists about this stuff, you know? And I'm like, well, there's no part of me that's denying science. I don't, what is going on? And then you're realizing oh, you know, this marketing campaign is telling them that this is what science says. It's not what science says, not what, okay, there's no consensus of scientists saying this, but they just believe it. And then they call, they think you're denying science. Like, yeah, it's like, and what? somebody did that to me the other day. I said, well, you realize science is a process, not a thing. I know. You know, right. and they're like, what do you mean? I go, it's a process, you know, in the- It's 18, debatable. Yeah. In, in, what was it? The late 1800s. No doctor washed his hands. Yeah. Right. And then I forget his name. It starts with a W. It was a, 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 in uh, one of the German states. Came up with washing your hands. Right. That even though the evidence was like more people lived, you know, especially in childbirth. Da 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 da. He yeah. was thrown out of the medical communities, ostracized, died broke, <laughs> killed himself. Right. Such a classic story. Yeah. yeah it's like what is? Yeah. It's like they call you a science denier, and you try. Yeah. And you're like, well. Uh, you don't it's it's a process yeah you know science is evolutionary right I, I, I just did an interview about this paper from mit that tracked people uh in the anti-lockdown movement and social media groups and they discovered much to their they were just shocked to discover that the people involved in the groups had a higher level of scientific literacy than the rest of the uh, population that they were capable of crowdsourcing to double check their own work, that they that they were uh, ac getting access to the raw data, having conversations about the quality of the data, and then making their own charts and graphs to to make good arguments for themselves. And then the paper was still continuing, like. <laughs> 
continuing to argue that like this is a real problem. I mean, just educating these people about the science is not the solution. We have to find other ways to convince them yeah. that the authority figures in the scientific hierarchy are telling them what science says and that they should just believe that without thinking critically. They actually even said these people are weaponizing critical thinking. It's just an it's amazing. And this leads me into what just to finish um and then you can respond because we had this conversation before about how even the experts, like these people at MIT, but experts in your own field, you were telling me, get, get, uh, get tricked up, get, you know, the, get hooked by this stuff. They, uh, they, uh, it made me think about all the architects that just believed, you know, the buildings fall straight down into their own footprint on 9-11 and nobody questions. Like that looked a lot like a controlled demolition, you know, and a lot of architects eventually said, yeah. That looks a lot like a controlled demolition, but still there were a lot of experts. And there are a lot of doctors that are, you know, oh, the vaccine is safe, is effective. Uh, you know, a lot of people that get that get pulled in by the hypnosis just like anybody else. So do you want to speak to that? Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, and part of that is they, they don't really teach critical thinking in school anymore, right? Yeah. They don't really. I don't think they ever did. Uh, it's it's no, left-brain. Yeah, it's and it's like repetition and rote and things like that instead of right. you know, like creativity and, and things like this. And then and so and if you question it, even at an early age, people start looking at you. I remember like uh, how many of us have heard the thing about well, you know, the research says eating chocolate makes you feel better. Eating chocolate makes you feel better. There's research. I go really comfort Show me the food. Research. Show yeah. me the research. <laughs> Except for the one. Done at the University of Pennsylvania, funded by the Hersey School of Business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I'm a highly ethical guy, but you want to slip me a million bucks, I'll go. Oh, my God. Yeah. This research to say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty wild to me that people don't follow the money anymore. Like, the, there's this money trail. Uh, and then I'll show them the money trail and be like, so this is a conflict of interest, right? And so maybe that source should be doubted. Like this is the oldest, I mean, right? Oldest investigative journalism, or if you're a detective on a, you know, this motive, right? And, well, and you and, tell and people to follow the money. They just don't do it anymore. Like it's nuts. Like I can't, I don't know. Yeah, and, what do you do? It's, I, I, it's funny. It's sometimes you just like say, isn't it interesting? I always love that term. You know, I'm curious, you know, cause I find it interesting. Like, uh, I'm not saying Dr. Fauci is not a brilliant man. He's a brilliant man. And, you know, he's been doing this for whatever many years. He's in his 80s, right? And doing this and this. But I don't know about you, because I find it interesting. If there was an 80-year-old heart surgeon or a guy just out of Harvard Medical, I'm going with the guy out of Harvard Medical. Right? right. Because yeah. he's, he's fresh. He's doing this. So I just wonder why, you know, the military makes you leave at 65, even if you're a four-star general. That's it. Mm -hmm. It's over. You're done. Yeah. So why is... I, I, and I don't understand how he's kept that position. Yeah. Because you're telling me that these guys out of MIT and Harvard... He's and squeaking Stanford, all the way. He's squeaking and creaking. Yeah. Probably. And you're like, uh, these guys aren't brilliant. They're not doing the cutting-edge stuff. Right. Well, he's been with, what, Obama? He was with the he's been there back to Reagan. Yeah, 40 Reagan. years he's been doing this job. Yeah. So so how did he make it with all of those presidents over the years when everybody else would have went, time to get something new, folks. I just, Shit's yeah, moving on. Yeah. 
My yeah. conspiracy theory is last guy we seen <laughs> do that was J. Edgar Hoover, and he had something on everybody. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember watching an interview with that guy. Yeah. Well, that's you know, a, you- that's a really good point. You make a good point again, going back to this yeah. whole thing about the experts and like this whole thing about expert opinion that drives me crazy because it takes people away from their own critical thinking. And it says, just listen to the expert, listen to the expert. And the experts are actually more inclined because of their years of schooling, the years of being conditioned to do what they're told, to make the A on the test. Don't think about what you're regurgitating, just regurgitate the information. Uh, they're actually more prone potentially to the kind of brainwashing techniques that we're talking about. When the authority tells them to say this, then they, oh yeah, I spent, you know, 15 years in school. I have graduate degrees in how to regurgitate what the authority figure tells me. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. I bought yeah. it hook, line, and sinker yeah. with just my a, own brain. Just another reason, you know, why this whole philosophy of the experts know better and don't use your own critical thinking. I mean, it's again, it's, to me, it's just a, a methodology of control. And they're convincing people not to think for themselves, because if they did, then they wouldn't be controllable. They'd be individuated and they'd make choices for themselves. Doug, we're heading about seven minutes left, and uh, I, I want to. I just want to talk a little bit about you. Did you work with Tony Robbins? Is that what you said earlier? Or well, we were trained in NLP about this. He was like one class ahead of me, so right. You know, I I have got to act like I hang out with him or anything, but I've been to his stuff, and yeah, uh, and it's fun to watch him get slammed by certain people. Right, <laughs> when fun, he was up there talking <laughs> about like, and boy, he got raked over the coals. Where all he said is, "Okay, if this is so horrible, you know, when you look at the death numbers, why isn't there a spike in how many people died?" Right? Because yeah. it's mm -hmm. always pretty. It's been pretty consistent. That hasn't changed, you know. And he yeah. gave that talk, and he was talking about how he, you know, it's like he's critical. He's thinking about it. There's a reason why he's a billionaire, right? Yeah, and it's like. But then he looked at the numbers, and it's like, where's the spike in deaths? They're, they're equalized. You know, it's like from yeah. 2018, 19, 20, 21, they're pretty much. There is no increase. It's all, it's all hype and BS. Right. And he goes, in my business world, we call that shifting numbers. You know, we'll take it and put it over there. And I'm yeah. like, very complex That's term. It. Yes, it's shifting numbers. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then people go, well, you know, everybody knows he's a crackpot. Right. Well, there's a book that that was it Gates or somebody had in their arsenal of books. I can't remember who it was. Yeah. How to manipulate statistics. How, how to lie with statistics. Yeah. It's been in the back of some, you know, those of us who watch too many Bill Gates videos. It's like on the shelf behind him. And it's just some yeah. of these videos where it's like, damn, Bill, maybe well, you ought to then, take that book out. And then it, it was the NLP world. Tony Robbins gets the credit. It was Tony Robbins. And I think it's a guy named Wyatt Whitwell. When Bill Clinton, uh, he gave the... Uh, keynote address in 19, um, uh, I think it was 1980, 84, 88 at the Democratic National Convention. And everybody's like, oh my God, he's the next big thing. And he gave this speech and it sucked. It was horrible. It was terrible. <laughs> right. It was an hour and a five minute, you want to kill yourself, right? And then people go, his career's over. Well, what it was, he was dealing with numbers, data, da, 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 right? Because he's a road scholar for God's sakes, right? So he went and got trained. And what they trained him to do was speak to the emotions and his next speech was right. my name's bill I, I, i'm from hope arkansas i'm just a guy <laughs> totally. from hope. 
and yeah. he was anchoring all this good stuff to himself, right? He accessed the emotion, right? Yeah. And boy, then it started, he just took off, right? And it was brilliant, and it works. It bypasses yes. the critical factors of the mind. He gave his, when he was running for re-election, he went, ladies and gentlemen, I can't take credit for all the good things that are happening right now. <laughs> yeah. And whenever he mentioned anything good, you know, this was 1996. It, yeah. You know, peace, prosperity, this, anything good, he'd touch his tie, he'd go like this, he'd rub his chin. He's bringing yeah. it to himself. He's accessing the feeling, bringing it to himself. And whenever he exactly. gave those speeches, he got Southern, which is friendly. Yeah, of course. Right? And so it was like good things happening in America. And he took the credit, right? And he goes, but yeah. ladies and gentlemen, we have trouble in America. And he did this motion with his hand, and he's pointing at Bob Dole, right? We have drug addiction. We have violent crime. We have this. So he's taking the <laughs> right. and I'm sitting there going, this is good, Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, right. And you're really good. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, man. And that's what we see going on here is they're accessing the emotions, right? And they're the solution. Yeah. Of course. You're afraid. Exactly. Right? And yeah. it's fascinating stuff. Right. Let's take the last couple yeah, minutes very. and talk and then talk about healing. Because this is like, again, I'm going in this whole direction. I used to be Mr. Debate, logic, critical thinking, debate. Not working. Not, I mean, for years, beating was like beating my head against the wall. And now I'm learning so much about the psychology. And I'm starting to realize, oh, you know, this is trauma-based. The, the mind control is trauma-based. And if people can heal from the trauma, then they're just going to kind of start to see for themselves these red flags going off. And they're going to start to, like, it becomes kind of obvious that the, this manipulation is happening. There's a on, lot on of past level. stuff coming to the surface, right? People yeah. are being, yeah, yeah. they are recognizing through the amygdala that there's past evidence of, of history that is resembling the current day. And that is triggering those old emotions, as it were, uh, uh, it's very important that people get rid right. of their baggage. You gotta, you gotta confront the past, or you're gonna, you're doomed to repeating it. Period. Yeah, and there, and and as we, what this has done, especially the lockdown and the fear, it's re, it's revealed old trauma. It's created new trauma. This is what we were saying. Stress Doug. disorder, right? And if yeah. you already have PTSD, like a lot of us do, it just it's activated tax. it. It's tax. It's another tax. It's another layer. More shame. Yeah. More yeah. blame. More anxiety. More no talk. No listen. No feel. Yes. Unreliability rules yeah. are, are rampant. Oh, and don't right. trust anybody. The unreliability right. rules. And that's and it's the difference between you know guilt is I I made a mistake. Shame is I am a mistake. I am the mistake. That's and it. that's what gotcha. you say. That's like this is what we got to work on. You just made a mistake. No big That's deal. That's right. Well, well, guilt says what I did was not good. Shame says I am no good. Yes. And I, I, I'm seeing that going on all over the place. I have many times in my seminars. That's a great point. Listen, uh, Doug, uh, what, what, uh, what a time with you, Dr. William. Well, you got to come back. There's yeah. another few chapters here. We got to help people yeah. understand why yeah. they are the way they are, why they're thinking the way they're thinking, feeling the way they're feeling. We got to come come back to you with more of the trauma-based stuff. I have tons of calls from people with anxiety right now who don't even walk in the grocery store well, and they're already just, feeling attacked. And and why don't we leave with people at least with a little bit, like, can people go find some hypnosis? I know there's hypnosis online. Like, is you know, what, what's a good way to introduce these concepts of, like, changing or reprogramming your self-conscious, your, yeah. your subconscious in a, in a positive way? Well, I think the biggest thing people could do is look at the the new trauma based stuff, like to re to to reactivate the vagus nerve, 
Mm -hmm. right? And that's where it's, because it's in your nervous system. It's not in your brain. We used to think it's conscious, subconscious. Some okay. of this trauma is actually in your nervous system. Right, right. Absolutely. It's not just change your mind, change yeah. your subconscious. It's, no, it's, it's in, in your body. Nervous. It's in your body, yeah. Yeah, we so said, we gotta, yeah the bodies carry the pain. Bodies where yeah. the emotion is. And there's some, there's some, we'll do one later, there's some very simple exercises that begins to reconnect the vagus nerve. And a lot of these little things, to me, it's fascinating. It's recapturing the shamanic uh, traditions that we've left behind. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. you know? yes. And it just reconnect because we talk about reconnecting the head and the heart. And that's basically the vagus nerve. Right. Cool. right. And the head yeah. and the gut. And once you, yeah, I, I, I call that split, the split yeah. self and words, yeah. no matter how skilled will heal the person from the split to which they suffer. I think they've got to be a re-experiencing a practice of methods to help restore that. Yes. Cool. Doug, all right wow is your yeah. mind blown yet i uh, know so much good stuff here so much good stuff to try to and, and i know it's been so frustrating for so many of us trying to deal with friends and family that just aren't you know aren't seeing it uh and at least being able to give our audience you, you know reasons why this is happening and I, again just to just to uh reiterate you know and some ways of dealing with it don't confront it head on don't get you know, don't get frustrated and, and angry, uh, you know, have compassion and think of it as a healing process that so many people need to get through. They've been traumatized by all the fear. It's just that plain and simple. Yeah. Will, Will where, where can we get you? Where can people go to discover more about you and your incredible world-renowned work that you have done, whether it be your books, programs, you're doing any seminars, what's up? Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. I do a lot. And the easiest is uh, nfnlp.com, nfnlp.com. Uh, and my new site's being launched again, drwillhorton.com, d-r-w-i-l-l-h-o-r-t-o-n.com. But the nfnlp or the Dr. Will Horton, and you can get info because I love teaching this because you know, can't we all? You can, heal? You can tell. Heal. I think it really helps. I think Let's it's really heal, helpful. Yeah. yeah, this is the direction that people need to be going in to understand. You know we, how we can really make positive change. It's not going to happen through debates and and arguments. It's going to happen through this kind of, you know, this psycho understanding of psychology, compassion, and healing. So. Listen, come back, uh, Take Action Canada broadcast. We'd love to have you because cool. we're going to be doing a lot of this stuff. We're doing a lot of initiatives out there in the country. We, we do have a U.S. affiliate and counterparts that we're working with, such as Kilgore Rand. We brought him up last time. We got to get him back on the show. Uh, you got to come back because a lot of people here and abroad need to hear what you're saying in, in, in the need for their own healing and other techniques that we can certainly share with uh, people mm -hmm. uh, around around us. So, so folks, yeah, uh, Take Action Canada is going to welcome you back soon, Will. Doug, go ahead. Where are we going to find you? Yeah, I'll just let people know that the place I'm trying to get everybody to go to, of course, is my website, www.theshiftnow.com, and I'll have uh, this episode posted there and all of these uh, Take Action broadcast episodes as well as uh, my long-form interview podcast, The Shift with Doug McKenzie, and the Psychology of Lockdown series uh, that I'm doing with uh, George as well. So we're really diving deep into this psychology in that series. You can check that out at theshiftnow.com. And uh, George, you want to take it away, let people know where they can maybe donate for Take Action? Absolutely. Folks, hit us up at takeactioncanada.ca. Find that donate button. There's about 70 people working on all of your behalf 
to improve things, confront matters as they are today. We're getting a lot of legal concerns and calls. I'm glad to see the people are feeling courageous enough to stand up for their rights through those legal channels. We are still here to help you. We will be for as long as possible. So do help us to help others. If you got a couple of dollars, please feel free to donate to Take Action Canada. If you'd like to become a member of our our broadcast, rather, Take Action Broadcast, feel free to email us at broadcast at takeactioncanada.ca. If you want to talk to me, rights at takeactioncanada.ca. And I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to this incredible broadcast. We are going to bring Dr. William back again so we can delve into some other areas and answer some questions that you have uh, flooded me with. And I hope to help you all to do that. Have a wonderful afternoon on behalf of all of us to Take Action, uh, take action Canada. Thanks. Dr. William, I appreciate it. Come on yep. back, Doug. Thanks for coming. Have a great afternoon, folks. We love everybody. I wish you all the best. I'm George Roach. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, Dr. Horton. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Bye. Take care.